Hello, my sweets. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk About Everything with Jonesy Sweet. This episode, we're going to be talking to a gentleman who's had 20 years in the military, up there in rank, educated, but I really want to have a heart-to-heart conversation on how he as a man feels about the racism and inequality that's going on in today's society as well as the police brutality. Now, he's experienced firsthand, um, you know, various different types of communities um, here in the U.S. He's been deployed four times. Um, so he has an insight to a level of experience uh, that maybe some other black males don't. But I think it's important that black men um, who don't have maybe a social media platform where they're influencers or they don't have TV shows or they don't have, you know, YouTube channels and things of that nature to where they have an actual audience. A lot of times black men don't get an opportunity to really um, discuss exactly what's really going on internally. Um, how they feel, what they can actually see um, happen to bring about a change. And with this particular episode, we're going to definitely talk about that. This is Candid Conversations with the Average Black Man. Up next is my guest. Stay tuned. I want to thank you for taking the time to come onto the show today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I, you know, I thank you for even wanting to uh, take the time, you being in the military, uh, take the time to have some candid conversation because about black lives and um, the perspective from uh, the black male point of view. I don't think we have a a, a good, uh, clear idea of what black men really go through on a day to day, week to week, month to month and year to year basis. And I really want to hear from you guys. So that's why this particular um, episode is called, you know, Candid Conversations uh, with Black Men. And um, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very well-respected Black man on the actual episode today. And he is in the military. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your rank? How long you've been in the military? Well, for me, I'm a chief warrant officer. I've been in the military for about 20 years now. Um been all over the world you know been on a couple deployments combat deployments i've been stationed overseas and um various places um it's been a great experience for me overall and you know i wouldn't trade it for anything great where are you originally from i'm originally from florida from tallahassee florida all right okay so you've been all the all over the world so you have a pretty good perspective and you said you've been deployed. So you have a pretty good perspective on the world. Um, and you've been places. You haven't just been stuck in Tallahassee. So I want to I wanna just jump right into 
the conversation. Right okay. now, with what's going on, tell me how you feel. I and feel... I, mm-hmm. uh, I have a lot of emotions right now. Um, you feel a little anger. Um, you try to also feel hopeful that things will get better. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, like, it, it takes a group effort, effort, a collaborative effort to, you know, make make this change. It can't just be all on, you know, the black community, the African-American community. It takes everybody collectively to come together and help, you know, get rid of a lot of this hate that we have in this country that has been, honestly, a stain on this, on our American history for quite some time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, like most Americans, when you see the video of Ahmaud Aubrey, when you see the video of Philando Castillo, um, when you see the straw that broke the camel's back, that, that horrifying video of George Floyd, the way that life leaves his body because of a racist, crazy police officer with his knee on his neck. Yes. You're right. It's going to take a collaborative effort from people of all walks of life to change the trajectory of how police uh, actually, you know, uh, keep our streets safe. And we cannot and we will not take this type of rhetoric uh, that, oh, he's a criminal. So it's okay. It's not okay. Tell me about that. Like, how do you feel that now the racism is no longer, oh, he's a nigger. I'm sorry. We're going to get real um, humble and hot and transparent. Now it's, oh, it's okay. Um, He's a criminal. Do you see the, the play on words? How do you feel about that? I feel that it's it's not good to do that. Um, that's the transfer of negative energy, and we, everybody, no matter how you, everybody should stay away from that. You know, mm-hmm. we we should all you know love love one another, love the fellow, love your fellow man mm-hmm. and woman. Um, but when people are spewing you know negative comments um, and putting these things out there. Um, it's not good for society, not good for each and every community, because every community is going to be different, but it's the same because um, mm-hmm. we're all Americans. Right. Yeah. Um, so we strive to be the best that you can be. Um, and when you have people putting these negative connotations out there in, in the atmosphere, that's not a good. It's not good. Overall. No, it's not. What are your thoughts in regards to police brutality? I know, that, I know that's very, when I say it, I know you're probably thinking like, wow, that's very broad. Um, yes. But tell me, how, how can, what are your thoughts in regards to changing um, how police, police African-American, predominantly African-American communities, like, what do you think that some, what are some changes that can be made? Um, well, first off, you have to start with trust. Yeah. Um, there's no trust there right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care where it's at, what community it's in, what state. There's no trust there. And to be more specific, um, if you get into the African-American community, historically, going back for decades, there hasn't been any trust. It's the quote-unquote not cool thing to do, right? 
to right. be in law enforcement. And, you know, like, that, I don't really feel like that's right to, for people to judge law enforcement officers like that because we've heard it a million times at this point with everything going on in the country, around the, around the country right now. All, all cops aren't bad cops. Right. It's like all cops aren't good cops. Right. Um, but you have to have that, that, that place, that common ground where trust is established mm-hmm. and people are able to move forward and help build the community up together and, and, um, and assist the law enforcement officers um, and and doing that and, uh, and assisting the community leaders and making their communities better. Um, if there's no trust, they have nobody to go to. Mm-hmm. That's why you hear so much of this talk about defunding the police and all of this other craziness. Um, you, you need them there, um, but it has to be trust. Right. Uh, but as long as the police brutality is um, continues to take place, um, they don't have any positive equity built up to go into a, a black community or any community for that matter. Because everybody at this point, um, as you alluded to with George Floyd, like mm-hmm. every that has everybody enraged. Right. Um, and for right, all the right reasons, I think not the looting and all of that craziness. No, but yeah. you know, peaceful protests. You know, ex- exercising your uh, First Amendment right. You know, and getting out and letting your voice be heard. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you're doing it peacefully and safely. Especially now that we have this COVID nineteen stuff going on. Also, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for for your honesty. Um, yeah. Have you noticed that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't mind being wrong, but have you noticed that it's not even just about a white or black police officer, it's police in general that we can't trust? Like, I've noticed that it's not just white police officers. We typically get to see white police officers mistreat uh, more black people, but police officers as a whole, I've seen a lot of video footage of police officers at a, as a whole policing extremely incorrectly, pulling out guns as a means to uh, control the situation without actually n- assessing and, and properly implementing uh, punishment for the crime type of ordeal. Um, have you noticed that? Yes. I think uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, condoning any of that mm-hmm. happening. I think a lot of that at this point, um, at this juncture that we're at is coming from frustration, uh, fatigue. The fatigue factor is a, is a real thing. You know, um, maybe you do wake up in the morning and go out trying to put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if your teammate, if a fellow teammate, fellow all police officers out doing the wrong thing, that's only making your job more difficult right and over time if you're constantly trying to do the right thing every day day in and day out um and you're trying to be a good agent for change um and positivity if that's not going to be something that's looked at in a positive positive way because again your fellow teammates are out doing making boneheaded mistakes it's not going to be good right um, and it just leads to fatigue because that is certain point is like how much more of this can i do right but trying to be positive and before you know it you've made had a mishap and now you're viewed and you could be a good guy yeah but now you're viewed as one of them if you will um one of the bad guys one of the bad cops um so that's true and 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 i i want to hear your take of because you are in the military as you have stated earlier in the conversation 
tell me um, some times that you've experienced um, racial encounters and how that made you feel. Uh, it's been the times that I've experienced had some, you know, racial encounters that I felt that's what it was, you know, and it's that's something that's hard to prove. Right. You know, right. it's you can't, just can't jump out and say, hey, you're a racist. Um, but all the indicators are there. You know, you got your little checklist. If you do have one, like trying to di- diagnose the situation of what's happened. Yeah. And said, all right this happened that shouldn't have happened that way you shouldn't have said this or you shouldn't have done this yeah and before you know it you've come to that conclusion that okay i think this has been some sort of you know racist um act of racism yeah uh, against mm-hmm. me um and in in that moment or in those moments um i think one thing the military tries to instill in you is you know you gotta have some a level of resilience um and at the same time, compartmentalize what's happening and try to move forward. But also, if you can, you need to address it. Um, and you go to the appropriate people um, and address those things. Um, and hopefully, if it is, I, if they do identify it as racism also, you know, they act on it. And they um, deal with the person or people um, who are acting in that manner to correct the problem okay so when you are getting ready to vote um would you say that your elected officials need to be held accountable um you need to would you agree that you need to uh be aware of if they have like their um if they have a a, bla- a black agenda what are your what are you, what is your agenda for to care and to actually empower your black your african american community um what would you how am i how would i like to phrase this question how do you feel that they would um how do you feel that they should respond how do you how do you respond to them who may not um have an agenda and should they be voted in if they aren't able to give some type of solution to the community? Um, I definitely think that they should have an agenda, um, a black agenda. And Mm -hmm. the reason I say that they should have a black agenda is because solely because the black community has been so disenfranchised for years. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously now, again, going back to George Floyd, um, I feel like he's become this catalyst for you know, opening up Pandora's box of what's really been happening. And mm-hmm. people are now finally taking, you know, some, I feel like, you know, sometimes people have had blinders on mm-hmm. um, and have just ignored things. And now we all, the world watch this guy die on TV, which is a terrible thing, you know, for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Absolutely. Um, and that's terrible. Black, white, doesn't, doesn't matter. Hispanic, it doesn't matter. Nobody deserves that. Um, but just that event in time has, I think, opened a lot of people's eyes um, yeah. at every level. Um, and it's showing that we need help in the black community. And they, the, all the politicians have to have a black agenda to, to a certain extent. And right. I think that screams more at the lower, at the local level. Um, and it kind of 
dwindles down, the higher you go up. But your local officials, I, they really have to have a strong black agenda because, I mean, that's where the change originates from, in my opinion. Um, yeah, you have the, um, the president of the United States. He can, he ha he's influential in um, changes also. But you have to start at the local level and get those guys and girls involved and ensure that they have, you know, a black agenda and, and they're looking out for the best interest and figuring out a way to help said black communities. Um, and not just the black communities, but everybody. But overall, like we're we're talking specifically about the black community. So, yes. Yeah. OK, now I want to get a, I want to take the time to really get down to since you are a black man, I am a black woman. Let's ha let's have this conversation. What I what burns me up and what gets me very upset is that a lot of people, um, white society would have you to believe that the reason why black men are more susceptible to crime and the reason why they have no structure or they're lazy or they don't want to really, um, you know, um, be successful. Um, as citizens is because, oh, the father is not in the home. Oh, they've been raised. Um, they have, you know, sometimes they have been raised in the system, meaning foster care or maybe juvenile detention, or it may be a matter of, yeah, you know, uh, they don't, they're, they're not able to get, um, proper education or some of them don't want to, um, you know, go to school, those types of statements that have been made. You as a black man, you've been raised in a two-parent household, I, I believe, or am I mistaken? I think we've had yes. this conversation. Okay. Yes. And so... With one parent. With one parent? Okay. Yes. So you being, you're in the military, you're a father, uh, you're a friend, you would, you're not what uh, the stereotype is, and yet you have... You've, you've been raised in a household of with a strong, wonderful mother. So I don't under tell me, how do you feel about those particular statements that are made um, that are really a lot? A lot of it's untrue. There is some truth to it, but a lot of it's untrue. How do you feel about that? Explain in detail as well. Yeah, I, I agree that um, that's not necessarily true. Um I'm, I come from a one-parent household, right. and I think I've, I've been pretty successful myself. Mm -hmm. um, I think it starts with the, the person, um, every because it just it's not about it being a black male who's going to go on to be unsuccessful uh, because right. he didn't have a two-parent household. That could be anybody. Right. Um, Thank you. Um, You're so absolutely right. When people say that, that's just they're talking silly when they say that, and you're singling out um, somebody. And that doesn't, that's not a good look. Um, so that could happen to anybody. And uh, again, I'm an example of it. Um, I think mm -hmm. I've been pretty successful um, 20 years thus far, and I've been doing pretty good for myself. Um, when you single out someone like that, you're creating this narrative. And you know, the mind, I say all the time, the mind, the mind is a powerful thing. Yeah, um, very powerful when you put muscle. these mm -hmm. when you put these words out there into young um, black and brown people's minds, um, you're forcing their minds to think that way, in a sense, if right. you will. And right. you, that's not good. Um, if anything, we should all be promoting and encouraging each other to do better. Um, Absolutely. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Absolutely. And you're you're one. I cannot agree with you anymore, because what happens is when when mainstream media 
uh, when you see um, it played out and when you see people um, almost believing wholeheartedly these things that are being put out uh, about African-American men, not not even to discuss women, but just men. Um, it kind of puts you in a funk where, hey, do I even have a fighting chance? And the people that believe it, they believe what they believe and they have this particular stereotype or this uh, prejudice against a person that uh, the information that's been uh, dispensed to them is not even truthful. Um, you cannot judge someone based on what society says. You have to judge and give that person a fighting chance um, based on that person alone. So I, I totally agree. I think anybody, any and everybody, all they want is an opportunity. Right. A fair shot. Yeah. Give me the same opportunity that you're giving the next guy or girl. That's all I want. And what I do with that opportunity is on. It's all on me at that point. Just give me a fair shot. That's all anybody should ask for. I think that's all anybody is asking for um, from the black community. Absolutely. Now, with you being a father also, um, what changes would you like to see economically, education-wise, whatever, so that your um, beautiful child would not, hopefully, not endure the same types of things that you've had to that you've had to witness and hopefully not go through um, harshly, but had to ha have had to witness. Um, I think, especially with what's going on now and having a young child, um, mental health. Um, is huge. Um, we have to ensure that, you know, mental health, um, everybody's mental health is not what it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, exit in 2019, going into 2020, none of us seen this coming, what we're dealing with currently. Right. So I think mental health is a huge thing. Um, also, you know, better schools, um, the education system, um, the educators, they aren't compensated as they should be, in my opinion. They have a yeah. tough job. Um, and I think a lot of parents are finding that out currently with, you know, the pandemic happening um, from kids being homeschooled. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've had to become a teacher myself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've been the principal, the teacher, the yeah. cafeteria worker. You know, you've had all these roles to, you know, try to keep, keep you know, the little people happy and, you know, keep them learning and progressing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's a big thing, I think. Um, so mental health. Um, education, and also, you know, just building a, a strong foundation for them. Um, and talking specifically in the, you know, in the black community, we don't see that a lot. Um, where, you know, they have a strong foundation to get started in their young adult life uh, once they become, you know, 17, 18 years of age. Um, they're trying to figure things out um, the best they can because, you know, maybe mom and dad or mom is out trying to, you know, do what she can, he or she can to, you know, make ends meet to help them get, help them achieve their goals. Um, so I, I definitely think it starts with the mental health and the education. Um, I would definitely like to see that get better. Um, well, what would you say you would like to see some changes in legislation for the African American community? Mm -hmm. The changes in legislation? Yeah. To just equality is that something that goes back to dr king he talked about um that black people have not been receiving mm -hmm. uh, no matter what profession you're in we all experience the same things 
Um, and it's hard for other people to understand that. Um, and legislation, just equality, a fair shot. Absolutely agree. Well, my friend, I thank you so much for having this conversation and being willing to do to do this because I don't feel that African-American men, um, you know, unless you are on some type of platform where you're a community leader, where you are an influence on influencer on social media. Um, if you have a show or a podcast like mine of some kind, you, we really don't get a chance to hear this type of conversation from the average black man. And I think that um, you guys are hurting. They're killing you guys more. And you guys are just kings. You guys are the um, the actual foundation of the family. Uh, you're the you're the providers, the supporters, the fathers, the the uncles, the brothers, and we. I'm tired of seeing you guys killed. Um, I love the fact that you are um, not you are not the norm. Meaning, you know, hey, uh, the the world wants us to believe that. A child that was raised by a single parent cannot flourish and prosper. You've had 20 years into the military. You're up there in rank. And, um, you know, pretty soon, not long, you're, you're soon due to be to retire. So you are you're you're not playing into the stereotype of the stigma that they oh, they want you to actually be a part of. So I just thank you, brother, for, you know, coming on to the show talking with us and just remember like if you can when you're in the community talk to other black men so that they are aware and what I've been urging people with they when they come on the show talk to other men of different ethnicities um, to see what their experience is and some of our white brothers and sisters if you get a chance and they have an ear to hear talk to them too Tell them how you feel. Tell them what needs to try to change and see if they're really down to actually hear you and, and really want to assist. Because that's like you said um, earlier, it's going to take everyone. everyone. And do you have any other thoughts before we before we go? Um, Just like to, again, extend my um. Thanks for um, having me on. It's awesome, Josie. So, you know, any anytime, Jonesy. I'm sorry I said Josie. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. So, yeah, any anytime um, I'm available um, or I'm here. All right. I'm happy um, that you uh, said yes. Again, this, this brother is in the military. He is up there in rank. Um, this is just a candid conversation with a black man who's just tired of being tired, sick and tired of being tired. And I thank you guys for staying tuned and staying connected until the next episode. Be well. Why don't people like me because of my color? I don't understand. Why am I different? Why doesn't my life matter? I'm just like you. I'm no different. I'm a good kid. I like to play. I like to hang with my friends. Why is the world Careful around police, but why? I don't understand.